Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Friends and welcome to the Secret Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy, the second with Service of Change. On this week's episode of the Secret Podcast, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into some of the WikiLeaks stuff. Some more information has come out against Trump's accusations and a little bit more about the WikiLeaks concerning concerning Tom DeLonge and his big announcement. I feel that I owe it to my listeners to jump into this a little bit deeper and further dissect what I can. I had some more evidence come across my plate, so I'm going to look into that, review that, and then give a little bit of an analysis on what that could mean for this pending big announcement that he's talking about. Let's jump into the news before we do that. UnknownCountry.com brings us a new study that shows our oceans are heating up 13% faster than estimated. This comes to us from Tuesday, March 21st, 2017. A new study that improves upon pre-2005 ocean temperatures estimates has found that the world's oceans have been heating up 13% faster than previously estimated, and that rate is increasing as time goes by. This new revelation is important as the oceans absorb roughly 90% of the excess heat that the planet is retaining, making it not only an important indicator for how quickly the planet is actually heating up, but it also means that the danger posed by disproportionately warmer oceans is also greater than we feared. This explains a lot more in this article. I'll have it up in the show notes, but obviously there's a lot more going on with this climate change. Is it man-made? Is it a natural occurrence? I honestly don't know. I haven't done the research on it yet. I think it's a combination of the two, but we need to get with the program and understand that climate is changing, and we need to be prepared for that. And it's scary, the choices this administration has been making. I'll try to put a show together over the upcoming month over the the decisions that have been made that are going to negatively impact our environment. I did just see another article, speaking of the environment, um, come across my feed that uh, it is now legal, I want to say at least in Alaska, for hunters to kill animals, particularly bears and wolves, while they're in their dens, while they're hibernating. And, you know, I just saw the, and it was a clip designed to hit at your, you know, emotions, but it was a clip of a bear, a big brown bear barreling out of its den in the snow and then rolling down the snow and turning the snow just horrible red, trail of blood behind it. Not trying to be sad and upsetting, but what are we doing? 
we just feel that we have dominion over everything on this planet and we're killing it and we're killing ourselves and we cover some really heavy subjects here you know looking at enlightenment looking at higher states of consciousness looking at contact with other intelligences with extraterrestrials if if any of that stuff is true overall as a species as a society do we deserve that uh, that's very scary to me we do some horrible things you know I, I've been struggling I, I'm always struggling with this stuff but simple things like every time I use a napkin I feel bad you know and I, and I try not to use napkins I try to wait till I'm done and then go wash up at the sink or use a towel or something I feel bad because it's like well why don't I use you know the, the napkins that you can throw in the washer and, and wash them and clean them and so I'm not cutting down trees to waste something to use once and throw it in the trash we have such a wasteful mindset I'm, i struggle over food you know, i'm not going to complain anymore you, you guys know how i feel but i just think we need to start making better choices about how we're interacting with other life and other things on this planet so that story i think is something we need to keep our eye on this next one i found through the drudge report it comes to news.com au and it's called uh, astronaut who walked on the moon why I Know Aliens Haven't Visited Earth, March 25th, 2017. It uh, talks about Alan Bean, who is one of only 12 people to have taken one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind on the moon. This is uh, written by Megan Palin. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to just jump into what he was saying. He says, I do not believe that anyone from our space, from outer space, has ever visited the Earth. Mr. Bean told news.com.au from his home in Houston, Texas. One of the reasons I don't believe they have been here is that civilizations that are more advanced and more altruistic are friendly, like Earth, which is better than it used to be. So they would have it landed and said, we come in peace and we know from our studies that cancer that you have cancer that kills people. We solved that problem 50 years ago. Here's the gadget we put on a person's chest that will cure it. We will show you how to make it. Just like someday, say 1,000 years from now, when we can go to another star and see a planet, that's what we would do because we will know how to cure cancer, cure birth defects. So we would teach them. Mr. Bean doesn't doubt for a second that we are not alone. There's so many billions of stars and these stars have planets around them, so there must be statistically so many planets around many stars that have formed life, he said. So you know, this article goes on just to talk about it and... and you know, what a great guy for, you know, risking his life and exploring space and walking on the moon. If, if, you, if you're if you not one of those people who believes the moon landing was fake, I, I don't know. I'm not making a pointed statement there. I wholeheartedly disagree with his comment, but I admire his outlook on life and his perspective on humanity. I mean, I just got done saying, you know, what are we doing? We're killing things. I, I've seen too much come across my feed that we're not as altruistic as as you know, he alleges that we could become. I think that if we were to discover other planets, if the civilizations that were there weren't more advanced than us, we would rape, burn, and pillage that planet and strip it of every natural resource that we possibly could. We would completely destroy ecosystems in the name of getting resources to further contaminate Earth. So I don't think for one second that an alien species out there would necessarily be benevolent and altruistic just because they have more knowledge. Those that study the... Uh, UFO and ET research that's out there, 
you know, a lot of reports come back saying that many of these advanced species aren't necessarily good for, wouldn't necessarily be good for humanity. Stephen Hawking's, you know, warns that if a species was to find us, there's a chance they'd come over here and, and take over this planet. There's a chance that that's already happened. So I disagree with this, with this article 100%, but I respect the man's opinion and his ability to express it. But I don't think there's enough there uh, to, to convince me that that would be the case. And I don't think that's a strong enough argument to say that aliens have not visited this planet. I think that that's kind of sticking your head in the sand there and not really looking at the big picture. I don't mean it as a sign of disrespect. I, I would, you know, if the opportunity came up, I'd love to have a respectful conversation with the man. And I think we need to stress that. I wholeheartedly disagree with what he's saying, but I support his right to say it. And I'm not going to sit here and start bad-mouthing him and bashing him. And that's a frustration that I'm seeing when we see a disagreement in opinion. So, much respect to you, sir, but I have to respectfully disagree with what you have said here. Okay, big news. This one comes to us from uh, RT.com. Billionaire banker David Rockefeller dies aged 101. This came out on March 20th, 2017. Former Chase Manhattan chief executive David Rockefeller has died at the age of 101. Rockefeller died in his sleep at home and. uh Pocantico Hills, New York, on Monday morning as a result of congestive heart failure, according to a family spokesperson, Fraser P. Seidel. The businessman, who had an estimated fortune of $3 billion, retired as head of Chase Manhattan in 1981 after a 35-year career. Uh, Let's see, it has a copy of his obituary. You can see that up in the show notes at servicechange.com with more on these articles. The Rockefeller family obviously is the source of countless conspiracies said to be behind a lot of the control and manipulation of the world, the exploitation of many, many, many people. You know what? There was something in this article that I wanted to uh, to read here. Let me, let me go on with this article. In the statement from the Rockefeller Foundation affirming his death, Rockefeller was described as, quote, one of the most influential figures in in the history of the American philanthropy and finance, considered by many to be America's last great international business statesman. And maybe that's true, but what did he use that ability for? Business, philanthropist, investing in things that manipulated society to a detriment. So... That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, we we know who he is. We know what he's what he's been involved in and what he's influenced. All right, let's jump in a little bit more uh, in, in gears to what I wanted to talk about the subject of this show uh, this week. This one comes to us from FreeBeacon.com. Intelligence reports reveal improper political surveillance of Trump transition team. Obama White House received foreign intelligence that included discussions by Trump and aides. Whoa. Okay, I've said it before. On this show, I'm not a Trump supporter. But I'm in search of what really happened. I'm I'm a truth supporter. Trump makes outrageous claims, but I don't think that the man is stupid. I think the man is a chess player, and I think he's been privy to a lot of the information that's been coming out. I think he reads a lot of these reports and isn't putting that spin on things. Not that he's not putting a spin, but... He said it. He said Obama was monitoring my conversations. Just found out Obama was monitoring my conversations during the during the uh, election campaign and, and you know pre inauguration. Uh, 
Obama's team obviously denied it. The mainstream media obviously denied it and started to paint a picture of Trump as a liar. Now, I said it when I was started to, to diagnose the uh, or dissect the David Wilcock statements about the intelligence alliance, that there was a rift within the intelligence community and that they were going after the cabal that had supported the Clintons and was involved in a whole bunch of other heinous, horrendous crimes. I said that it was a great possibility that if that was true, and then Vault 7 dropped, where we see evidence of something going on within the intelligence community, that most likely Trump may have been telling the truth. Lo and behold, on March 23rd, 2017, this article comes out. I have not, I'm not saying it hasn't been there, because I don't check every single feed, but I didn't see this in the mainstream. And that's what's frustrating to me. The mainstream's not addressing this stuff. When Vault 7 leaked, when Vault 7 came out through WikiLeaks, the CNN's spin on the story was, well, we need to find who leaked this information. And that's, that's probably true from a government standpoint. But they put less emphasis on the fact that this stuff was happening. That this malware was infecting people around the world when it shouldn't be. That was their focus on, well, who really... Let's go after the whistleblower. It's always, let's go after the whistleblower. You're being misdirected. That's why you, you hear my show, I'm, I'm looking at both, I try to look at at least two sides, I know there's multiple sides to these stories, but I try to look at what one side's saying, what the other side's saying, and let's meet in the middle, let's make draw our own conclusions. So this article, back to this article by Bill Gertz, a House Intelligence Committee investigation took a dramatic shift this week after newly disclosed intelligence reports suggested the Obama administration improperly gathered and disseminated secret electronic communications from President Trump and his transition team prior to inauguration. Representative Devine Nunez from California, the chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence indicated that the administration used its foreign intelligence gathering authority to spy on the discussions of Trump and his transition team by improperly unmasking the identity of Americans who were swept up in foreign electronic spying. What I've read seems to be some level of surveillance activity, perhaps legal, but I don't know that it's right and I don't know if the American people would be comfortable with that with what I've read, said Nunez, who uncovered the reports. Nunez announced the committee would seek to determine who knew about the classified reports, why they were not disclosed to Congress, and who requested and authorized the disclosures of the Americans' identities in the reports. And those are, I'm going to put an aside here, those are important questions to ask. Maybe there's a legit reason. Maybe they will find that Trump and his people were having illegal communications with the Russians. At this point, I don't know. The panel will, will try to find out whether the intelligence community was ordered to spy on Trump associates and if laws or, or regulations were violated. Nunez said he was alarmed by what he saw in several dozen intelligence reports that include transcripts of communications, including communications directly from Trump. The reports were based on foreign electronic spying operation between November and January. They were revealed by an intelligence community insider who alerted Nunez. Okay, my point in saying this, Trump may not be as crazy as he's being portrayed in certain areas. I disagree with a lot of the man's policies, and I feel that I need to give that caveat. Why would I be, be afraid of being labeled? But you have to in this day and age. I disagree with a lot of what he's saying. I disagree 
equally as much with the spin that a lot of the media puts on things. Just tell the truth. That's all I'm asking. Stop putting your spin on things. Jeez. I'll have the links to this. There's a lot more into this article talking about more of what was found, what was listened to. Uh, but we're out of control. I've seen some debates on Facebook and, and other feeds talking about, you know, it comes down to the credibility of our intelligence organizations. And I know there's times when they have to keep things a secret. And I started to type out a response to a, to somebody, you know, talking about the Clinton email server issue. And, and I just, you know, I, I don't want to get engaged in those fights. But Intelligence information is classified for two reasons. You want to protect your sources and you want to protect your methods. If you compromise your sources, meaning the people who are giving you information, the sources can be killed or they can be compromised in turn, meaning they can start giving you bad information, which can ultimately affect American lives. If you compromise your methods, meaning now they understand where you're getting your intelligence, whether it's from a satellite, whether it's from electronic surveillance, whether it's from a source, they can put in countermeasures. Again, they can cut off your access to that intelligence, or they can start putting out false information, which can waste time, it can waste resources, and again, it can ultimately cost lives. So those are the reasons why information is and should be classified. But beyond that, it seems like things are, are just going crazy. Like there has been an abuse of that information. And I think it's given certain people, certain organizations, too much power. Now, I really think that we have just gone off the deep end. There's too much that the American people don't know. And in part, I largely blame the American people because we continually give our power away. I've heard it time and time again. Well, we're with Trump for another eight years. Let's see what he can do. And you're just waiting for the next guy. Well, shame on you. You're lazy. We need to take our power back. And that doesn't mean by violence. It means by, number one, getting informed and understanding what the issues are. Number two, becoming a smarter consumer. I'm going to stop beating that one up. All right, here's another one. This comes to us from Heavy.com. WikiLeaks Vault 7 leaks leak claims CIA bugs factory fresh iPhones. March 23rd, 2017. A new WikiLeaks Vault 7 leak titled Dark Matter claims with unreleased documents that the Central Intelligence Agency has been bugging factory fresh iPhones since at least 2008. WikiLeaks further claims that the CIA has the capability to permanently bug iPhones even if their operating systems are deleted or replaced. These documents are expected to be released in the next 24 hours. The announce was made after a press briefing that WikiLeaks promoted on its Twitter. Today, March 23rd, this is a, uh, a synopsis. Over the Twitter uh, statement here, WikiLeaks releases Vault 7 Dark Matter, which contains documentation from several CIA projects that infect Apple Mac computers' firmware, meaning the infection persists even if the operating system is reinstalled. Developed by the CIA's Embedded Development Branch, these documents explain the techniques used by CIA to gain persistence on Apple Mac devices, including Macs and iPhones, and demonstrates their use of EFI slash UEFI and firmware malware. Uh, let's see here. A summary of the documents has been released on the WikiLeaks web website. It reads, Today, March 23, 2017, WikiLeaks releases Vault 7 Dark Matter, which contains documentation for several CIA projects that infect Apple Mac computer firmware, meaning the infection persists even if the operating system is reinstalled. Developed by the CIA's embedded development branch, these documents explain the techniques used by the CIA to gain persistence on Apple Mac devices, including Macs and iPhones, and demonstrate their use 
All right, that's the part I just read. Among others, these documents reveal the Sonic Screwdriver Project, which, as explained by the CIA, is a mechanism for executing code on peripheral devices while a Mac laptop or desktop is booting, allowing an attacker to boot its attack software, for example, from a USB stick, even when a firmware password is enabled. The CIA's Sonic Screwdriver Infector is stored on the modified firmware of the Apple Thunderbolt to Ether adapter, Ethernet adapter. Dark Skies is an implant that persists in the EFI firmware of an Apple MacBook Air computer and consists of Dark Matter, CP and Night Skies, respectively, EFI, kernel space, and user space implants. Documents on the Triton Mac OS X malware, its infected Dark Matter, and its EFI persistent version, Durstake, are also included in this release. While the Durstake 1.4 manual released today dates to 2013, other Vault 7 documents show that as of 2016, the CIA continues to rely on and update these systems and is working on the production of Durstake 2.0. This goes on to talk about what else has been released. I saw WikiLeaks did release this information. I haven't had a chance to go through it yet iPhones are being infected by the CIA upon release from the factory. Obviously, I only know a small portion of what I'm being told on this. There is, I'm sure, more to the story. That more to the story may include stuff that's not involved in WikiLeaks. We need to understand that going in as we're developing our own opinions. But we need to be aware that this is out there and that your iPhone, your Mac, your iPad, they could possibly be infected. And for those of us in the conspiracy world in the truth seekers movement that may or may not impact us also wanted to clarify last week's show i talked about 22,000 ip addresses within the united states being uh, on the list of the cia julian assange in his press release explained in a little bit more detail what that could mean it doesn't necessarily mean they are spying on those people it doesn't indicate if they are u.s persons or if they were foreign inv- foreign uh, adversaries that had happened to come visit the United States and had their systems impacted to be spied on by the Central Intelligence Agency. And he said it could also be regular U.S. computers that had been infected not to be spied on, but to then use those computers, unbeknownst to the users, to launch a cyber attack overseas. So it, it's very complex. I'm not a computer guy. I'm not a hacker, but it's something we need to be mindful of and be aware of as I continue this quest for information into this Let's talk a little bit more about Tom DeLonge. I went into WikiLeaks. I spoke to some people uh, just through the Reddit thread who were commenting on last week's show. They put a lot of hatred out towards Tom DeLonge, but they did direct me to some of the older emails that came out through Podesta, which I didn't focus on in my last analysis. So I, I ran a search just for for Tom DeLonge, and it came up uh, with 12 results, nine emails you know, between him and Tom Podesta, two in what's called the Syria files, and one from the Global Intelligence files. I pulled the ones that are relevant, I think, to this this subject here. Uh, let's see here. And this one, is there a WikiLeaks number? 49167. This is from Aaron.sep at gmail.com to John Podesta at gmail.com, dated 7-19-2015, titled Follow-Up Note from Tom DeLonge. Let's see. Please tell Mr. Podesta we have many more questions than this, and we will be having a candid and organic conversation on all these types of issues. Doesn't say any more of what that is. We just know they were talking about Tom DeLonge prior to 7-19-2015. The next email that comes to us 
Let's see, this is email ID 57564. This is from mfisher at hillaryclinton.com to john.podesta at gmail.com. <clears throat> CCS Latham at hillaryclinton.com from 125 2016 regarding Monday updates. Uh, just talking about a bunch of stuff that does not apply to this. There was a mention of Tom DeLonge in here. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, talking about, hi, John, as of 4 p.m., here's the status of tomorrow's calendar. 12.30 p.m., Tom DeLonge meeting. Tom would like to do the meeting remotely via video conference. I've set up one. I've set one up via Google Hangouts, what we use for our all-staff meetings at HQ. I'll show you how to get on the Google Hangout from your iPad this afternoon on t or tomorrow morning. All right, and that's all it says about Tom DeLonge there. So January 24th, 2016, they were setting up a meeting between John Podesta and Tom DeLonge, and they were going to use a Google Hangout. Now, again, Tom DeLonge doesn't have a security clearance. He's not working on stuff that's classified, but it's obviously sensitive. John Podesta is a well-connected guy. He's a well-informed guy. He understands electronic vulnerabilities. So he has to know that these types of communities... I mean, is he that stupid or is this part of the plan? He has to know that this information could be hacked, could be monitored. Maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe because he hadn't secured disclosure, which he was an advocate for, maybe he was hoping somebody would hack in and get this information. Maybe he planned for somebody like WikiLeaks to come in and take this information out and release it to the world so disclosure would happen. I don't no, because of all the other Pizzagate stuff that came out and was so damning to him. I, I kind of have to wonder if maybe maybe he didn't, or maybe this was the long game that he was playing. Maybe he knew all this was going to come out, and as a result, the UFO stuff would come out. It, it, it's dizzying to think about. But we know that he was an advocate for disclosure, or at least claimed to be an advocate for disclosure. But if this stuff is so sensitive as Tom DeLonge seems to think that it is, and Tom DeLonge even indicated that after the WikiLeaks stuff came out, it was a major setback for him. Although it seems he has overcome that setback, then maybe they shouldn't have been using Google Hangouts. So I question that. I question the choice to that in terms of credibility, because I'm trying to look at DeLonge's credibility and his overall objective, his overall long game here, whether or not he has good information, how is he using that information? Okay, here's another WikiLeak. This was sent to me through the, the crew at, um, through Reddit. The date of this, 3-12-2016. This is from Tom DeLonge, t.delonge at me.com to john.podesta at gmail.com. The subject is Vice News. And it writes, Okay, sold my first show for The Secret Project, S-E-K-R-E-T, that's in reference to DeLonge's books. Vice News will produce, finance, and distribute The Secret Machines docu-series charting my personal journey on how I met important people and how they are guiding my effort to communicate difficult themes to the youth all the while keeping the names and identities of my advisory council private. This is huge. Vice is the single biggest, most credible and progressive news source out there. It's international and it's all aimed at the youth. They feed directly into HBO and just launched their own news channel. Check out the link below if you desire. I hope you get my emails and I hope I'm not bugging you. I am currently updating the advisors as well. 
Rolling Stone will break the story on April 8th. The novel is in stores April 7th. Vice series launches immediately following, and we are placing the scripted TV series now. I'm hoping to come meet you personally and talk in the next few weeks. I'm talking to NASA right now, too. Best Tom DeLonge. And then he gives that link, and the link was how Vice will make $500 million in 2014. Just showing how successful Vice is and the reach that they have. This makes me uncomfortable because it's not that they're targeting the youth, but it's the way that he words it. Now, let me give a caveat. Tom's a businessman. He's trying to sell books. I get it. I'm an author. I'm trying to sell books. That's why I started doing this show. But in reality, I don't think I've plugged my books, uh, not too extensively anyway, in a couple weeks, which I'm probably going to do at the end of this show now that i thought about it. But I get it. And, and that's not a bad thing. We, we have to make a living in this world, and I think we should make a living doing what we love. And if he can make a living reporting on UFO investigating based on the hard work he's done by selling some books, then that's not a bad thing, and we shouldn't use that to discredit the man. But at the same time, I'm going to use that to question the man's intentions. And I'll get into why in a minute. Because we need to be careful when we're doing that. We need to be careful what we're doing with this information. The way I read this, by targeting youth, I know that's a marketing term, but it also sounds manipulative, and that is part of my frustration here. I'm going to do a side note here. You know, my, With my history class that I'm teaching, we're jumping into World War I. I'm not a history teacher by trade, but I'm teaching a history course this year, and one of the things that I'm covering, that I'm getting ready to cover is World War I, is I'm doing my research for my students, just using my history books, one of the things they talked about, the reason initially when World War I kicked off in Europe, and it was a whole, this whole complex set of reasons besides just the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, you know, the Austria-Hungary um, you know, was going after Serbia, and Serbia had an alliance with Russia, so Russia's like, hey, Serbia, we got your back, we're mobilizing our forces, and Germany's like, well, we have alliances with Austria-Hungary, so we're mobilizing our forces, so France is mobilizing their forces because they're supporting Russia, and then Germany says, we're going to attack France, they go through Belgium and attack France, which gets Britain involved because they had an alliance with Belgium, and it was just this whole messy situation. Well, the Americans at that point in time were taking a stance of neutrality. Because they had financial interests that if they got involved with the war, they were afraid their money was going to be messed with. But then they start to get a little bit more concerned. Because again, it's affecting our money. Not because it's the right thing to do, but because it's affecting financial interests. So then they propose, hey, let's raise taxes. Maybe that'll deter people from getting involved in this war because we were starting to militarize our own country. But unfortunately, that didn't work. That didn't keep us out of the war. So... But one of the things that swayed public opinion is that there were stories coming out that weren't true of horrible atrocities by the Germans that weren't true. Now, I'm not saying these are American stories. I haven't looked at who was writing these stories, but I think these were foreign stories that were coming in. My point being, we talked about the Vietnam stuff in my Pentagon Papers story. We talked about, now we're talking about World War I. Propaganda was being used. Lies were being told. You go look at Disney and what they were doing and the propaganda that they were putting out to our children, to our youth. Propaganda changing the way we perceive Germans and, and, and uh, Japanese and, and just the enemy. Propaganda is out there. We need to read through that. We need to see through that. They're talking about launching wars on fake news. Well, I think our mainstream is one of the big sources of fake news in this world. 
They're spinning stories. They're spinning our opinions to get us invested in whatever agenda they have. And I'm concerned that this is what's happening here with Tom DeLonge. I know there was a long roundabout way of explaining this of what Tom DeLonge is doing here with John Podesta. Okay, let's read his next email uh, or an earlier email. 125-2016 from DeLonge to Podesta, M. Fisher at Hillary Clinton and Milla.Fisher at gmail.com. Subject is materials for Mr. Podesta. Melii, number one, I have included a link to the teaser of the Secret Machines documentary that Mr. Podesta is in with password below. It is a rough edit with even a misspelled word and other and a few other things that will be changing soon, but it will show you a glimpse of what we're doing. Two, and then I've also included a link to the Dropbox folder that has all the materials. He's going through here talking about all the stuff that he has. Uh, let's see. I'm hoping that maybe Mr. Podesta can see all these before our conversation or you can have them printed out so he can look through the project. This isn't, this isn't anything too uh, concerning except for this part here. Rough edit of the documentary trailer. He writes at the end, Please understand the teaser is made to, quote, pander to a youth audience, and then they will change their views in the actual film for a conspirat- from a conspiratorial one to a new non-cynical and supportive one. I don't like that word pander. I get it. It's marketing. I understand that. As, as someone who's writing a book about, I guess, quote, fringe topics about human consciousness and about consciousness outside of humanity and energetic parasites, that's a pretty weird topic that I'm writing about. I am doing my own market research to target my audience because I want to sell books. But I'm not trying to pander to anybody. I have had conversations with other authors and people, and the best way to get my book to that specific target audience, I do want people to pick up my book, and I'd like to change some minds here to expand some perceptions about what is possible. But I don't want to manipulate people. I want to present the facts as they found them, coupled with the experiences that I've had in my life that reinforce that evidence that I have uncovered in my research and then I want to give my opinion and my analysis of what I think that means. Do I want people to believe me? Yeah, that would be great if people said, hey, this is a great book. It's a bestseller. But I don't want to manipulate people. That's not my goal. And this scares me in reading that. Okay, the next email, I'm going to, I'm going to start reading these backwards because there's several threads in here. But this is uh, this was from J. Palmire. Palmyri at HillaryClinton.com to John Podesta, but it's a forward, a string of forwards. Let me go back to the bottom of it. Uh, from Tom DeLonge, dated Tuesday, February 9th, 2016. Subject, interesting news to John Podesta. I thought I would give you a piece of cool news to brighten your stressful and long days. When I interviewed you, I put, quote, behind-the-scenes photos on the social networks, ambiguous ones. Well, I just announced my project, and the pre-orders of the novels went up, and kids are mining the internet asking for any info whatsoever that John Podesta says in the book. He gives a link to Rolling Stone. Ha! They don't know yet where you exist in this Secret Machines universe. We launched a story with New York Times with Doc Trailer in a week, and they already look to you in a leadership role they can trust and care almost only about your voice in this. That's hard to do, getting young adults to like you, especially if you're at your level in D.C. Don't lose that. I will brand you much more when this all comes out as a man that the youth can trust and rely on. 
Not that you care, but I do. They do. This project is about changing the cynical views of youth towards government. My fans are trolling the internet asking about you. And I haven't even mentioned you yet. That's cool. The young adults are so passionate about this topic, and at the end of the day, they feel like you respect them. So they are seeking you out. Best, Tom DeLonge. That's disgusting to me. Especially with Podesta's Pizzagate connections. We're not even going to get into that today. That's manipulation. We're going to make them love you. It's the same. It's like the the, uh, movie Hook starring Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. He says, we're going to make the little buggers love you. As he's saying to, to Captain Hook, make the kids love you. That's manipulation. And they're targeting the youth. Who else did that? Adolf Hitler. All right, moving on. Uh, Podesta, let's see, John Podesta took that email and he forwarded that email to jpalmyri at hillaryclinton.com and he worded it, our secret plan. That's all he wrote, our secret plan, and he sent it to jpalmyri at Hillary Clinton and that response was simply, Jesus. Okay. Let's look here. Forward, by the way, from John Podesta to Alirod at HillaryClinton.com, 126-2016. This is just from Tom being humbled. I'm embarrassed I wrote the last email. When you mentioned being turned on by Leslie Keene's book, I wondered if that was really what was started your interest and your only knowledge of the matter. I figured I could fill in some blanks, but I'm an idiot. I forgot for a brief moment who the hell you are. I apologize for my ridiculous moment of grandeur. Lord, I'm honored to be able to work on you with this important men like yourself. Get some sleep out there on the campaign trail. By the way, if I can help, I'm happy to do it. Hillary's office called me twice in the past to help her run for the Senate. I met her tw- I met her while I was campaigning for John Kerry. Always loved her. Always wanted a female leader. Best time to launch. This is ridiculous. He, I mean, he's, he's using his status to campaign for politics. Uh, I don't, I don't like that. That's my opinion. All right, here we go. Uh, a good read. This one is, this is the last one I'm going to get into, 2013-2016. And this is uh, DeLonge sending out some information about the book Secret Machines. I know you are so busy, so I apologize in advance. I ask that you consider reading my foreword. I wrote this as a personal letter to the youth so they can walk with me through all of this. When you read it, you will get that's the same sense, a wide-eyed and respectful experience. Also, you make an invisible appearance within the text at the end. And he puts a smiley face. My co-author is a distinguished professor at Robertson School in Shakespeare, New York Times. I think I read this last week. Uh, You may actually like the book if you like great stuff and having amazing taste. But until then, check out that forward if you find the time in all the madness. So again, we have to ask ourselves, because I definitely gave my opinion here. Is he targeting the youth to manipulate their opinion? Or is there good information here that he'd like the youth to know? Because I think it's... I'm going to backpedal here. I do think it's important that the youth be aware of these issues that are going on. And maybe I'm taking these emails out of context. I need to read the launch's book to be fair to the man. Maybe he has some good information. I don't like the way he's propping up political figures and trying to pander to the youth. That is a big, big problem for me. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, there's other information out there. I'll try to get it out uh, next week or in the show notes. I had a little bit more... 
um, in regard to Wilcox claims and Antarctica. Um, nothing's been released publicly yet, but there has been some stuff behind the scenes, some stuff in the you know alternative circuit. Uh, a really great speaker. I heard an interview that he did, and he was going through some of Wilcox's claims. Here's what I want to say about Wilcox and about Tom DeLonge. When you listen to Wilcox, and I've listened to other speakers about this also, and here's my frustration. So to those of you in the alternative community, please pay attention because here's what's happening. You've got some people who represent the independent media who are making these claims of grandeur. Hey, we found aliens. We're these insiders. We've been on UFOs. We have high-level intelligence sources. You know what? I don't care about your high-level intelligence sources anymore because you continue to drag this in front of us, and yet you give us nothing but a fantastic story. If these intel sources are leaking you this information, they need to give you more, or you have to assume you might be being manipulated. I'm not saying the information's not true, but I'm tired of hearing these fantastic stories without any real proof. Show me the money. It's not enough anymore to say I have this source. I could say I have this source. Maybe you do have a source. But at some point, that whistle really needs to be blown. And this information needs to come out or you need to shut up. Because it's influencing people. It's manipulating our minds, our thoughts, our perceptions. It's distracting us. It's distracting me from my own research that I should be doing because I'm so interested in this story. If you're going to make big claims, you need to put that information out there. Don't say, well, somebody else might be releasing this information. Here's, and then, you know what, well, cock, if that happens, you have been vindicated. Your story has been validated. The information has come out. And you were just giving a heads, us a heads up. That's fine. Then this is just me simply being frustrated at the current status of not knowing because you made these big promises and I don't see it yet. And same for you, Tom DeLonge. I hope your sources or at least your evidence is clearly disclosed in your book. I listened to an old Coast to Coast interview, somebody talking about Planet X and the Bureau, and it was an hour-long banter of this man talking about what will happen when Planet X hits. He did not cite one source. He did not cite one piece of information. He did not cite one credible study. But the interview was amazing. And we get sucked into these great storytellers. But we need to stop being deceived. Show me the money. I don't mean really give me money. I mean, show me your source. You can't compromise your source? Fine. Well, then you don't really have a strong argument. You know, Courtney Brown, I, I love the guy from Farsight Institute, was talking about the research he's done on Atlantis. And he said the reason why he did this research was because he found he found anomalies on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean that the mainstream was saying were simply ship tracks. Well, he has... He said it. He says, I have connections to the intelligence community. And he said, for me, that was all the validation I needed. They showed it to an imagery anal analyst within the intelligence community who said there's no way those are ship tracks. Now, what, what Courtney Brown said, he said, for me, that was enough validation because those are his sources. He knows they're credible. He says, but for you, the listener, that means nothing because I can't prove it. And he's right. And that's how this information should be presented and should be looked at when you're giving out information of this nature. He then took that validation as enough for him to invest his time to then use his methods through remote viewing to prove what he was looking at. 
That's a credible man right there. When he makes claims like that, he finds ways to back it up with his evidence, with his remote viewing, with his methods. Not, I have these high-level intel sources and here's my experience and I can tell a great story too. And I do, in my book, I tell a story of what I've been through, but then I give you my research testimony of other experiencers, scientific peer-reviewed research of things that other people more intelligent than me have come across that helps prove what I'm telling you. So we need to stop with the storytelling. We need to stop putting these great storytellers up on pedestals as people that are going to liberate us with this information until they actually show it to us. The time for that is over, and I'm tired of it. Let's move forward. As consumers, that's what we need to demand. Start emailing them, asking those questions. Give me the information. Give me the evidence. Give me the sources. Do a better job than just telling these fantastic stories. That's all I'm going to say. I've gone way over. That's all the time I have. All right, I want to direct you to serviceofchange.com. Don't forget, check out our books in the bookstore. It all goes to support the show. Sign up for the free secret newsletter and sign up. You will get a free copy, free access to read I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, my first book in the I Am Human series as I'm working towards completing book two. It is near completion. I'm stuck on one portion there, uh, but it'll be well well worth your time. Please sign up to that newsletter. That's the best way to stay in touch with me. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to The Secret Podcast on on iTunes, and on SoundCloud. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Thank you. Seekers.